Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert. They're off and running again. So smooth. So sweet. Splendid. Succinct. Just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort or 1,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and in just a moment, I'll bring in my co-hosts, BJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo. And together, the three of us will take a journey around Europe to break down all 16 Champions League matches coming our way Tuesday and Wednesday. But before I bring in BJ and Anthony, a reminder that Wonder Goal is presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 in any game. Get 200 free. You're going to want to do that um, before the World Cup, which is less than a month away. But before we get there, let's talk some Champions League. We'll start with Borussia Dortmund there, plus 400, hosting Manchester City, minus 167. The draw here is plus 320. Of course, these odds are brought to you by our friends at Bet365. Here's how Group G sets up. City at the top, three wins, one draw, zero losses. Dortmund, 2-1-1, win, draw, loss. Sevilla, 0-2-2. Copenhagen, also 0-2-2. They're at the foot of the table. So this match between City and Dortmund will go a long way in determining who gets out. With the number one seed out of Group G, City's odds on. Dortmund have been weird this season. They're just they're not playing like a typical Dortmund team. I think we've talked about that a little bit throughout the season. I have got nothing here. I think the number on City is too short. I was hoping to get a little bit better number on, on the Citizens, maybe throw them in a parlay, but we know what their numbers are. 47 goals for, 12 goals against in 15 matches in the Premier League and Champions League. Dortmund in Bundesliga, six wins, four draws, four losses, plus four goal differential. The expected goal differential suggests they're a little unlucky, about two goals under. I just don't know how good the Dortmund team is, Anthony. So where are you looking here? I think it's a pretty easy pass. I do think it's a little bit interesting that Bayern played Dortmund about two or three weeks ago. Bayern closed right around this number. So I think Dortmund has gotten upgraded in the market a little bit. This is a Champions League home match. You do expect uh, Dortmund to be all in here. This is like, you know, the big fixture for them. And they have really still continued to struggle. I know they dominated Stuttgart over the weekend, but if you look across their overall numbers, the defense is seventh in box entries allowed, seventh in crosses allowed. They're only second in box entries, sixth in crosses completed into the penalty area. So, you know, we've talked about this, right? What does Dortmund do with their attack and how do they even threaten city? Now, I think it's very true that city is definitely more vulnerable now And I think we saw that a little bit against Brighton, that they're more vulnerable defensively because of the injuries. But can Dortmund take advantage? I don't know. Uh, And and that's the biggest thing here. I lean toward the under. The market has sharpened up. If you remember when they played it, the Etihad in the first fixture, that was three and a half minus 110. Now it's down close to uh, pretty much three. It was 3.25. It's already come down to three. 
I would have liked the under at three, two point three point two five, but now it's a little bit too high. I project 3.1. I'm passing here. You're passing on the total BJ. You love your city unders. Yeah. I'm going to try it again. Uh, take a city under. I mean, it was kind of impressive what Dortmund was able to do to city when they, they faced off in Manchester, only 0.9 XG allowed on a 14 shots and 33 touches in the penalty area. Like city was able to get the ball into the final third, but they just didn't create anything of really of value. And I think it's just a testament of how much this Dortmund backline has improved with Sule and Schlotterbach back there. Now, if you look at their uh, expected goals allowed from last season to this season, they're actually kind of the same, but the biggest difference that I've seen with Dortmund this season is when they're playing good competition that essentially is going to control the ball, force them to play a low block. And they're actually not going to be able to control that possession and, you know, get the ball moving forward. The last season, they really did struggle in matches against Ajax, Bayern Munich, Leipzig, and Leverkusen. They allowed 1.7 XG per match. This season, they've played Leverkusen. They've played Leipzig. They played Bayern and they played City. They've held those four opponents to 5.3 expected goals, and they held both City and Bayern under one expected goal. So it's actually much more impressive how they're able to actually play that type of low block and be successful with it. And, you know, the flip side of that coin is Anthony already mentioned it. I mean, they did nothing offensively against City. Like City had a field tilt of 84%. Dortmund took one shot up until the 50th minute. Plus, you look at where all the shots are coming out from Dortmund. I know Anthony's mentioned Anthony Modest a lot. I mean, Bellingham's taking the most shots per 90 on Dortmund. He's a defensive midfielder. So he's incredible. Yeah. I mean, he's incredible. He's uh, hopefully, hopefully he doesn't go to City or, uh, or otherwise they're going to be unbeatable. But like Anthony said, you know, the way you get at City is they play the high line and you got to be able to get in behind it. Modest is not that type of striker. And I'm not sure that Dortmund really has the type of guys that are able to get in behind it and threaten the City back line. So, and, you know, if you look at it from a game theory perspective, like, yes, on paper, it's like all in spot for Dortmund. Like, yes, we want to win the group. But I mean, a draw pretty much locks up second place for them. And same thing with City. A draw will lock up the group for them. So I don't know if either team's really going to come out, you know, pedal to the metal foot aggressive, trying to either win the group or, you know, Dortmund trying to get back into actually potentially overtake city. So I only have 2.6 goals projected. So under three goals at plus one Oh five is good enough for me to play it. Yeah. I mean, for, for Dortmund here, like they have a chance to just kind of go for it. I think if they win this, they could win the group. And so I think they're going to have a go. And that's the other thing too. You know, you go back to when they played Byron, they didn't attempt a shot in the first 35 minutes of that match. I thought that was pretty, concerning and indicative of kind of where this team is right now. And it wasn't until the last 10 minutes, even that Dortmund was able to, and Makoko coming on the Dortmund was really able to get going. Gio Reyna being healthy. We'll see if he gets a start. Uh, Matt Hummel's back definitely helps the defense, but I don't see a world in where I can bet an under three with, with city and Dortmund, because it, like, I understand the point like of the angle. And I totally understand that, but the number just seems like it's gotten a little too short for me. No, I know how will scored, you know, three goals. Just how, that's just how, yeah, it, he that's how not, it happens. He, he, I know he scored twice, which it sounds insane to joke about now. Uh, he, his shots per game have gone down a, a good bit in the last couple of weeks. And I think, yeah. you know, we're, we're kind of seeing the reality. Like, yes, he's probably the best striker in the world, but even that has its limits. All right. The other group G match, Sevilla minus 200 at home, hosting Copenhagen five to one. The draw here is plus three thirty. Three, both of these teams sitting on two points, basically a playoff to see who gets in to that third place spot. I kind of like a bet on Copenhagen just as a bet against Sevilla. We've dragged this team through the mud all season long. Third worst expected goal differential in La Liga. They've changed managers. Jorge Sampali's in. 
two goals, nine goals against in the Champions League. Meanwhile, Copenhagen, zero goals scored, eight against. It's an ugly one. But I think if you're going to give me five to one on another Champions League team against Sevilla, even at home for uh, Sevilla, I'll take it. So I think that's you know, worth a shot in this one. I know that neither one of you have anything on there. So let's move to Group F, where Real Madrid sit atop the group, three wins, one draw, 10 points. Leipzig behind them, 2-0-2. Shakhtar, one win, two draws, one loss. And then Celtic at the foot, propping it up, zero wins, one draw, three losses. The headliner here is Leipzig, plus 200 at home, taking on Real Madrid, plus 125. The draw here is plus 250. Uh, Madrid is just doing what they do. I think, you know, we, we, we really lean into the numbers here and try to figure out teams regressing and, you know, overperforming and underperforming and whatever, but there's just always going to be an outlier. It's Madrid. We saw it. They looked really good. I thought against that Barcelona a couple weeks ago, Leipzig, by the way, they're the underperformers, I guess, in this group too, just looking at the Bundesliga plus 7.3 expected goal differential, uh, only a plus two well, actual goal differential. They're sitting right in mid table around eighth. So, but the number's too short, I think on Leipzig, like, two to one against this Madrid team that has some magic, but Anthony, you love betting against Real Madrid and you're going to try it. You get creative. creative. Yeah. You know, I I still have major question marks about this Leipzig defense. I think we saw what Real Madrid was able to do to them in the home match. I think if this, if this were plus a half, I would take Leipzig, but it's not, you know, I'm essentially getting a pick them here. Uh, And, and, you know, I'm Leipzig's not on the level of Real Madrid. And so I, I don't really get to the number, even with them being on the road, uh, but let's look at Real Madrid defensively, especially in the first halves of games in the Champions League, and you start to see some flaws. Uh, they conceded over a half an expected goal to Celtic in the first match away, over a half a goal to Leipzig, expected goals uh, in, the, in the second match, including an incredible save from Courtois to deny Nkunku. Uh, there was a couple other that were offside where they almost got in behind. The Celtic match, they hit the post in the first half. Then you go to the Shakhtar match just two weeks ago. Shakhtar created more chances in the second half. They did the entire game of the first match uh, and ended up taking the lead on Real Madrid. I know they didn't hold it, but I think it is meaningful that they were able to take the lead in the, uh, or excuse me, tie it up in the first half. So I like first half team total over a half at plus money. I think that's a good bet here. You expect Leipzig to give it a go, come out guns blazing. The first match these two teams played, Leipzig took the first five shots and that was in Madrid. So I think there's an angle here for Leipzig to get on the board early. And I am trying to avoid the Real Madrid dark magic that comes with the ends of these games. I think you've, you know, you've talked about it. Maybe they do have something special. I tend to think it's, you know, you know, they have some plus finishers and they outrun regression that way a little bit, but even still, even still, it doesn't mean it's always going to work. Right. And it's not. Even if you, I mean, they're first in La Liga, they won La Liga last year. They won the champions league last year. It's always going to work for this team. But the defense hasn't been that good manager, right? Sixth in shots allowed 12th in box entries allowed. Like you can get at this Real Madrid defense. I think Leipzig will do that. Believe it or not. Celtic has a chance, a very small chance of advancing here, despite being uh, Oh, one of three win draw loss. They're taking on Shakhtar hosting them in Glasgow. Celtic minus 120 odds on hosting Shakhtar. Plus 300. The draw here is plus 280. BJ, you just can't quit these guys. <laughs> I bet on Celtic four times. I've lost every bet. So why not just continue to go down with the ship? Give me Celtic minus 120. Yeah, like you said, it's a very important match for Celtic because if they win it, they have a chance of finishing third and getting into the Europa League knockout stage. And 
the first meeting between these two and Poland, Celtic was by far the better team. You know, it was a one-one draw, but Celtic won on XG one point six to point two, outshot Shakhtar sixteen to five, had a field tilt of seventy-seven percent. Expected threat was one point nine to point six. Just a really dominant performance from Celtic. Just didn't get what they what they deserved, honestly. And really they are so overdue for an offensive explosion. in The champions, like it's not even funny. I mean, they've created 5.5 expected goals and they've only scored twice on the flip side of the coin. Shakhtar has got seven goals off of 3.1 expected. They've scored six goals from inside the penalty area off of 15 shots. That's insane. They have been outshot in the champions league, 88 to 33 out touched in the attacking third, 250 to 1253 and out touched in the penalty area, 161 to 43. Give me Celtic minus 120. Maybe I'll join you. That's, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm it's, not putting it's any more money in the Scottish teams can't. in this tournament. Nope. <laughs> Done. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get together. We'll Rangers, get together. Scottish team. The crazy Rangers thing about this. Plus one and a half against Liverpool when they were up one nil and should have been up two nil in the first half. Yeah, that one went by well. Six. Yeah, that one that was, well. uh, that was the last straw for me. The, 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 like the thing about this, this spot is like, it's just, it is who all they, in. Like, it's an all they, in. It is spot. who they are as a team. Like they are an all in team. Like this is like what they've shown this entire tournament. It's like play our play plan A and plan A doesn't work. Still try plan A and plan A here. I just, mean, they're, they're definitely due to cons- due to score goals here. I mean, the finishing has been a joke, but yeah. Yep. Maybe me. All right. You know what? Good luck. It. I'm in. Uh, so on. yeah, I'm in for that one. Let's move to group E. Uh, Chelsea's at the top. Two one and one seven points. Salzburg behind them. One win, three draws. Undefeated. That's six points for Salzburg. Milan one one and two with four points, and so is Zagreb. Salzburg is hosting Chelsea uh, plus three twenty. The Austrian side are at home. Then Chelsea minus one thirty four. The draw here is three to one. We have this, uh, and it's and it's a deserved reputation. Salzburg, I should say, have this reputation, and it's deserved uh, that they're this you know ping pong team back and forth, back and forth, running up and down the pitch, up and down the pitch. Just not been the case for them this year. Four goals for three goals against in the champions league. They are playing a much more low event style than we're used to, or at least the results are. And that's showing up a little bit in the Austrian Bundesliga as well. Meanwhile, Chelsea weird form here. One, one draw with United. I thought United were really impressive in that game. Chelsea, not so much. The injuries have piled up and they're coming off of lucky results against a draw against Brentford and the, the win against Aston Villa. So it's really hard to lay it with Chelsea on the road here. So this is a situation where I will be passing along, not getting involved, but uh, I could see a case for the under. Cause like I said, I think Salzburg just is not what we're used to seeing. Uh, but Anthony, you think the Austrian side do provide some value. Yeah, I also see the case for the under, but I think Salzburg have represented themselves really well at home in Europe in the last two years. And I think that they're a little bit undervalued here because of it. Salzburg last season at home in their Champions League. Now the group was not particularly strong, right? Remember they had that, you know, kind of a joke group where everybody was kind of even, but at home last year, they beat Lille 2-1, dominated the match. There was a penalty, yes, but they dominated the match. Beat Wolfsburg at home pretty pretty solidly, played even with and beat Sevilla at home this year. Outplayed Milan at home. And, uh, you know, the last match against Zagreb was a weird one. There was a lot of back and forth. I'm still not sure how I didn't cash the over in that match, uh, but they have been an excellent home side. And Potter's Chelsea still does not look right. I mean, making tactical subs in the first 30 minutes of the match against Man United because they got played off the park. There's injury concerns. 
Potter is trying a lot of different things, trying to see what's going to work. And I think it's really interesting and I'm fascinated to see how it goes, but I'm not just going to give him the benefit of the doubt because we love Potter. Chelsea have really struggled to consistently create chances. I mean, they got the penalty against Man United. Other than that, what have they done in the last three weeks to deserve this number on the road here in a, in a tricky spot? I know they beat Milan twice, but we, we talked about how, how little we like Milan and how you know we don't really trust that team. And even their road win that Chelsea had came heavily based upon a penalty and a red card early in the game that swung everything. They went to Villa, very unimpressive, lost the expected goals at Brentford, uh, lost the expected goals to Man United. So there's a lot of still concerns here with Chelsea. They have not lost any of these matches, but are we sure they can create enough margin here? They've created 2.7 expected goals their last three matches. Give me Salzburg at home. The young boys will not be overwhelmed <laughs> and uh, they will, they will uh, be competitive here. Play on Salzburg for you and also play on Zagreb. They're plus 333 at home hosting Milan, minus 134. The draw is plus 275. Must win spot basically for the Italian side. I mean, both for both, but it certainly would look worse if Milan doesn't get out of a group with a team from the Austrian Bundesliga and the Croatian top division. So it is that song and dance we've been doing with this AC Milan team the whole time. Look fine in Syria, at least by the numbers, but the worst goal differential in this group they're lucky to just to have a chance. Anthony, you think that Zagreb actually has a chance to close the door on those hopes? Yeah, this is this is a, a much I'm I'm less strong on this one. I probably only put a half a unit on this, uh, but I, I just don't know how Milan continues to get away with this stuff. I mean, you go look at their expected goals difference. Uh, their performance against Monza over the weekend is kind of a classic example, and uh, they scored four goals off of like 1.5 expected goals despite having their two best attackers out. Uh, Liao is back. Uh, but Salamakers is still out in the midfield. They have not looked nearly as controlling in the midfield without him. And I know a lot of people are up and down on Salamakers as a player, at least the people who I'm friends with who are Milan fans. Uh, but Salamakers, you look at his numbers, he's a pretty solid ball progressing midfielder. And it kind of becomes Leao or bust. Uh, I know Giroud's back. Mike Mannion now out for the season. I think that this Milan team, we've talked at length about their struggles in Europe over the last two years and why it may be. And I think this is a good Zagreb spot at home plus a half where they play much better than they do on the road. All right, let's flip it to group H PSG BJ's boys at the top on gold differential, two wins, two draws, no losses. Same with Benfica, Juve and Maccabee Haifa are one Oh and three win draw loss and uh, Haifa is at the foot on gold differential. So a must win spot for Juve on the road at Benfica. The Portuguese side are odds on minus 106. Juve plus 275. The draw plus 260. This is hilarious to see Benfica as odd an odds on favorite against Juventus. Uh, but it's well earned, BJ. Well earned. It, it definitely is. And it's interesting. I texted Anthony today. I, I was going through my numbers and I was like, I kind of have a little bit of value on Juve in this spot. I'm not going to play Juve like at all. I, there's no chance I'm doing that. But Again, like you said, Benefica has deserved it. Like their performances have been really good in the Champions League. They obviously completely dominated Juventus the last time. Expected goals was 2.2 to 0.7. Really, all Juventus did was they scored off a set piece to begin the game. And then from then on, Benefica just proceeded to completely dominate them. And they've still been incredibly dominant in the Portuguese league too. We're now only at 3.8 expected goals allowed in 10 matches. Like their defense has been incredible. And they put up two, what I thought were very even performances against PSG. So 
it's, it is funny to see, you know, Benefica has odds on, but they they deserve the number with that being said, you know, Juventus has put in a couple good performances lately. The last few matches, dominant win against Torino. They blew out M- Empoli. Paul Pogba's coming back. And just keep your eye on this Juventus team. They might maybe start to turn a corner and Allegri might actually save his job. I think that had more to do with Empoli being really terrible yeah, it uh, this weekend. But, but I, we'll, you can we'll only see. play the opponent uh, in front of you, Anthony. That is true. <laughs> Moise Keane getting back in the goals was cool to see. I'm happy for uh, for him that the the, the legend, legend of the Everton of yeah exactly. Uh, but still, yeah, uh, technically on loan from Everton. I think it was like a two year loan. One of those really? weird ones. Yeah, all the Italian teams they don't they don't buy and sell players. They do loans with options to buy. Yeah, them, like, can you imagine ECL and Keane up top? Boy, Everton would be making their title charge in the second half. Yeah. Hey, they still are even without them. <laughs> yeah. I keep, I keep fading them and losing. So maybe you're right. <laughs> uh, do you have anything here, Anthony, before I don't, you know, uh, we talked on the champions league preview pod about Benfica and why we love them to advance. I'm riding that. Uh, don't really want to bet against that. You could try to almost middle it and hit a Juve money line here and keep things interesting for another week. But it uh, looks like Juve is heading to the Europa league. I am still skeptical that they will turn this around uh, until maybe Chiesa's back. I'm still out on Juventus as a whole. The market has definitely caught up to how bad they are. And, and so there's not really value in fading them in this situation. Could be a sneaky over game. You know, we've talked about how great Benfica's defense is going to be, has been, but Juve has to go for this. And Juve's defense has been incredibly fortunate when you look at their expected goals allowed in Italy. So if Juve opens up here and has to go for this win, could get more back and forth than maybe you're expecting. Could be an over spot, but I'm, I'm passing ultimately. All right, the last game on Tuesday to talk about PSG Paris Saint-Germain minus 1100 at home hosting Maccabee Haifa out of Israel 20 to one on the money line to draw here's plus 850 when you sent when we sent around the rundown I was thinking to myself what line I would have set on BJ having a bet on Haifa here <laughs> and I would have minus said, 800 in my head I put I said minus 450 to myself yep. that was my that have was you my, bet them yes. every match no, I did not bet them but the one match they won uh, with Juvent- against Juventus. I did not bet them at home. Yeah, I think you, but you've only. So we missed the match. Oh, man. Well, that's, yeah, that's typical. This is how my that's, Champions League is going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you've also basically faded PSG at every corner yeah. since I've known you. So, oh, yeah. You know, you put those two things together and you get a bet on Haifa. Oh, yeah. Plus two and a half, plus 105. I mean, honestly, what is PSG shown in the Champions League? that makes you believe they're actually going to get margin here. I mean, this is the same line as is essentially the same line as city at home versus Copenhagen and Bayern at home against Victoria Pleasant. And you look at what Haifa has done so far in the champions league, they've actually been okay. Like the, the match against Juventus was the, the widest XG margin. It was 2.2 to 0.8. The last match against PSG was two to 0.9. And even in that PSG, they were in the match for a long stretch. They went up one, nothing. They showed that they can actually threaten PSG's high line. PSG got cocky. They went in behind, they created a big scoring chance. And then like 10 minutes later, they created another one and they could have gone up to nothing. So I mean, here's the thing with PSG. They had this torrid start to the season. First six matches, they averaged 3.2 XG per match. It looked like they were just going to run away, run away with the, you know, they're obviously still running away with league on, but they like, they were going to put up just gaudy numbers. Well, last 10 matches, essentially since the Juventus match, they're only averaging 1.6 expected goals per match in all competition, which is good, 
but not for the supposed best three in the world playing in the fifth most difficult league in Europe. I mean, it's interesting, but yeah, I, Haifa, I have to play them here at plus two and a half. Like, like they are not Victoria Pleasant and they're not Copenhagen. Like they actually have shown the ability to threaten PSG and they've actually been okay defensively, like holding, you know, PSG to just two expected goals. Like that's actually kind of an impressive performance. Even the performance against Benefica held them under one expected goal. Like they are actually, their defense is actually due for a little positive regression. They've allowed eight goals off of 6.3 expected. So uh, I'm taking the Israeli side plus two and a half at plus one Oh five, because I really, there's no reason why PSG should be priced at the same number as a city and, and Bayern Munich. They're just not on that level right now. I think there's a case for like a Haifa team total. That would be the only way you could get yeah. me to play this. You know, plus oh, come 125. On, join me, Anthony. Only way you could get me to play this is the plus 125 on the Haifa team total. I think uh, we saw, and I thought it was interesting. Haifa didn't play afraid. Uh, they went after PSG. They took advantage of some holes in transition. They took advantage, got in behind a couple times, created one chance, almost scored again, got varred off. Uh, I think they're going to be aggressive. They have nothing to lose. They're going to Paris for a chance to, you know, score a goal against PSG. But, you know, I watched that match against PSG as well. And whenever PSG wanted to get in the penalty area and wanted to turn up, they were able to do pretty much whatever they wanted. Uh, and that was at Haifa. Now they're at home. I think uh, Maccabi could be in for some trouble here defensively. So I, I think I see the case for the Haifa team total. And that would be how I would play this. If you want to, you know, I love taking, you know, the, 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 the big dog team total over a half and then just hoping they can string a few passes together and score. But <laughs> That would be my angle for this one. All right, before we flip to Wednesday, a reminder, Wonder Goal is presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game, you get 200 free. Also, a reminder to follow uh, the Wonder Goal podcast in the Action Network app. Anthony is charged with putting in our best bets and underdog picks and whatnot into there, and we want to make sure his hard work goes noticed uh all right wednesday this is definitely the headliner of the 16 matches inter milan victoria no i'm just kidding barcelona and bayern munich barca plus 130 at camp new they're a slight home favorite bayern plus 170 the draw is three to one i think sometimes we probably should address this off the top when we get to this part of the tournament the kind of game theory situations, the the narrative street stuff. This team needs this to happen to advance or whatever can inflate the price on a team. And I do wonder if because Barcelona needs to win, Bayern Munich sitting atop the group C, top, top group C four zero and zero enters two one and one, and then Barcelona one one and two, Pleasant propping it up zero zero and four. Because Barcelona need to win, I think this number is starting to get a little too short on the Spanish side and we could see some value on Bayern Munich. BJ, you disagree though. I do like Barcelona. Barca against Bayern again. Yeah. Barca yeah. against Bayern. I just can't quit it. I think I bet Barcelona on almost every single match. Yeah. I mean the last match in Munich, Barcelona pretty much dominated the first half. You know, they ended up winning on XG mm-hmm. uh, penalty, penalty box shots were 11 to seven. And that's great. Barcelona created three big scoring chances. They didn't go in. Bayern Munich created two. They both went in. And that was the difference in the match, essentially. So, you know, what you look at with Barcelona is like, okay, well, what can they actually do to threaten Bayern Munich? Well, they can do the exact same thing they did in Munich. And you look through their schedule of of who they had to play. They've had a brutal schedule as of lately. They had the 3-3 draw with Inter. Then they went and lost to Real Madrid. I mean, beat Villarreal 3-0 and then pounded Bilbao 4-0 on Sunday, plus 4.5 expected goal differential in, in those four matches. So pretty impressive stuff. 
and you look through Bayern, I mean, yes, obviously they won the match against Barcelona, but the last difficult match they had, Anthony already mentioned it, was against Dortmund, and they really weren't that good. Like, they didn't take a shot. Uh, they only took two shots in the first half, only created 0.9 expected goals against Dortmund. Plus, I mean, purely from a mathematical standpoint, if we're just looking at expected goal differential, Barcelona's at 1.7 in La Liga, Bayern Munich's at 1.4 in, in Bundesliga. You give... Barcelona an, an edge because of UEFA coefficients for Spain and then a home field advantage. I think they are a, a tad undervalued here. So I, I do like Barcelona draw no bet at minus minus one thirty, and I'm looking forward to watching uh, Byron win two nothing again. Uh, Anthony, you're kind of in agreement with me here that you think the number on Barca is maybe, maybe a little too expensive. Yeah. I still think uh, I'm a little bit concerned about the Barca defense in this matchup. You know, I, uh, talked about this before the El Clasico and they got exposed a little bit in transition. Uh, it was a major reason they struggled so much against Inter. I have no doubt that Barca will cause problems in attack for Bayern Munich. And, and you can maybe make a case for attacking a Barca team total, but I have question, big questions about their defense. That makes me a little bit nervous to play this and also the fixture history. And I understand that it's one game and we shouldn't weigh past head-to-head particularly heavily. I think that's a, a definitely something we don't talk about a ton, but let's consider it. I mean, 2020, our dominant win for Bayern. Last year, they were in the same group. This was a similar situation. Bayern wasn't really playing for anything. Barca was playing for everything. Bayern still whooped them. Barca got destroyed the first match they played. And then this match was the most competitive of all of them. So that is the encouraging sign for Barcelona. But... They have just struggled every time they go up against another great team. They have really struggled defensively. So that that's my red flag here. Uh, from a numbers point of view, I actually make it right around the number. I think Barca, if it gets to like pick 120, 110, I'll fire because I do think that, that at home it's a little bit short. But they also could be eliminated by the time this match even kicks. Yeah. The schedule makers put Pilsen and uh, Inter at 1245. This is at three, so they're going to know before they kick that they're out. So makes for an interesting situation. They might just go for it, you know, go, go out and try to win it. And uh, even though it's not going to do them much and they're going to be in the Europa League come the spring where, you know, there's some very, very interesting opponents waiting, including, you know, Man United potentially in the round of, of 24. Uh, we'll talk about that other one now. Inter minus 800 at home against Victoria Pleasant, 20 to 1. The draw is plus 750. The only situation for a bet I can think of here is an inter-team total over. But other than that, I got nothing. BJ, anything to talk about here? Or should we just move on to Group A? No, I mean, I'll end up passing here. I mean, they scored twice against Bayern, so uh, congratulations. Created over one expected goal. So, I mean, that's a, a positive spin for Victoria Pleasant. But, I mean, they... They're still so, so bad. There's, there's, I, I don't really think I can get involved here. Inter's too high. Can't really play them because, you know, they go up on nothing. They can just sit on the game and they're on to the round of 16. So I'll be passing. All right. Uh, group A. Uh, good God. Somebody tell me what the hell's going on with Liverpool. Traveling to Ajax. Liverpool's odds on minus 120 on the road. Ajax plus 280. The draw here is three to one. Uh, Napoli's the top group A, 4 0 0. Liverpool, 3 0 1. Chance to win this group still. Ajax, one win, three losses, and no draws. Rangers. <laughs> uh, wow, man, we were very, we were on the ball when we said, watch out for this team. 
Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, and four. I stuck to my original perception of that team yeah. before I let you guys corrupt me into thinking they were good. Well, you got to say but they are. They were a lot. They were so little, lucky last they're year. They're a little in, unlucky with their minus fifteen goal differential. Yeah, yeah it should true. be like minus nine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> A little I mean, it was embarrassing the effort that they put in at home against Liverpool to outplay them the whole first half. And then Liverpool brings on like two good players and they just, they fold up like a cheap suit. That was embarrassing. And that, that I, we don't do rants here. They're technically still alive, well, right? They but sure if, that, if, I, if we did rants, the Europa League, they're still alive. If we man. did rants. I hope they get in the Europa League. Yeah. And, and I hope, and I hope to bet against them in that. In that <laughs> All right. Let's and talk about it. They'll talk probably get to the final again. We'll talk about Ajax and Liverpool. We'll, we'll, I'll turn the lights. I'll dim the lights and put a spotlight on you for Rangers uh, and Napoli, Anthony. But before we get there, let's let's talk about this Liverpool team. Beat Manchester City, lose to Nottingham Forest, wipe the floor with Ajax, draw Brighton. Like this is this team makes no sense because they're Liverpool, but they, it makes a lot of sense when you can if you take away, you know the the Liverbird logo. And you just say like, considering what this team has gone through the past few seasons, the amount of soccer they played, the age profile of the squad, does it make sense that their results are up and down and all over the place and say, yeah, but because they're Liverpool, because of the 90 plus point seasons we've seen, we expect better of them even against those kind of odds. So I've got no interest. I actually have much more interest, even though they got wiped by Liverpool in their last encounter. I have a little bit of, I see a little bit of value in Ajax at home at plus two eighty uh, in this one. It's just it's it's a it's a sleepy spot I think for Liverpool too. They're not going to get caught. This game kind of meaningless. I know that they can still win the group technically, but they're not going to. Napoli's going to do it. Uh, it's it's just a weird spot coming off of uh, the Forest loss too. It's a lot of things going against them here. Anthony, Liverpool, Ajax, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean I think this is a great Liverpool fade spot. I know they just lost to Forest, but you look at what Klopp is saying post-game, and he's like, look, we're playing three matches a week. We have an extremely injured team. We are not able to put out our best 11 every match, and he's right. And I know you guys don't like him, so you'll say he's whining, which he is, but it doesn't change the fact that he's not wrong and that their performances defensively are extremely, extremely concerning, conceding over two expected goals to West Ham in the midweek. I know they kept a clean sheet, but there was not a good defensive performance. Uh, the best defensive performance they had was against City pretty much all year, which is kind of crazy to think about. Even then, they got a fortunate VAR call there. Uh, so this Liverpool defense is still broken. The squad is super old. Uh, the, the, the biggest thing here is Ajax loves to have the ball and kind of needs to have the ball to be good, and they're not very good at playing without it. And I think that's what's gotten exposed in this Champions League. They're, they're pressing and they're possessing. is not as good. They have to play without the ball more. And Napoli and Liverpool have carved them open in the three matches they played against them. But if Liverpool's press is not going to be effective, if they're not going to be able to play their A midfield, if they're not going to be able to play their best strikers and forwards, what's to say Ajax can't win this? And if you think about it, I mean, Liverpool has basically, they they only need a point to advance here. So, you know, I think this is going to be an interesting way to see how Klopp plays. This this is going to be a wait and see situation. We need to wait for more team news, Uh, but I'll be looking to play Ajax actually. Uh, maybe in a team total perspective, again, really tired of these these bad defenses killing me with, with these late goals. But I think this could be a good team total angle for Ajax. Uh, or, or, you know, if Liverpool doesn't play a lot of its best strikers, this could just be a straight Ajax spot because I agree there's some major concerns with Liverpool, but defensively especially, away from home. 
like I said, Napoli, they're top of the group. Four wins from four matches. They're minus 400 against Rangers, nine to one. On the money line, the draw is five to one. Anthony, um, before I get to BJ, because he actually has a, a sickening bet on this one. Is he on Rangers? Maybe. Oh, my God. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, Rangers are clearly a little bit undervalued in the market. You could maybe target a team total, but this defense has gotten absolutely exposed. They don't look like they care. Napoli's running really hot and like they are going to regress at some point. They're not going to continue finishing at this rate. We've seen this from Napoli in years past, but, but I'm not under any circumstances betting a Rangers spread at the current number. You know, it's funny, uh, BJ, before I pass it over to you and, and you scare everybody off from ever listening to this podcast again with a bet on Rangers. I think the the stereotype that we went into the tournament thinking about Rangers, uh, maybe this is just because they're Scottish. And when you think about these teams, you're like, oh, they're going to work hard because this is going to matter to them. They're, they don't come around often and they're going to take their chances. But like you said, like they've just been like weirdly quiet and careless uh, throughout this entire competition. Not hard to beat. I thought they'd be hard to beat because I thought they'd be working hard, but they haven't been. Uh, meanwhile, BJ is you're, he's, you're sick in the head. Yeah, I'm going to have to stare at it for like two, maybe three hours in a row to actually muster up the courage to play a Rangers plus two here. I mean, Anthony Hilton, nail on the head. Like, I can't really provide <laughs> anything positive for Rangers. They've been really, really bad. You could, I could sit here and tell you that, you know, they're unlucky to have a minus 15 goal differential and they should be nine expected. But it's the reality is, is like Anthony said, they just, they've been exposed defensively they are not used to not having the ball so they don't know how to play when they don't have it but i mean purely from a projection standpoint i mean i was looking around at other markets because i only have napoli around minus 170 and you know 538 has them at 65 percent, and that's all great but again i'm gonna have to stare at this for a long time if it gets two and a half i think i might have to do it you know the last match between these two is kind of wonky you know, Napoli scored all three goals after, you know, a red card. But again, Rangers hasn't really shown anything to prove that they don't deserve to be this big of an underdog. So they're still alive though. They are still alive for the Europa League. That has to be mentioned. Like if they get a result here and Liverpool beats Ajax, they will be in an all-in spot in Scotland to go to the Europa League and potentially get to the final again. Yeah, the team uh, total over a half is even money. That's... uh yeah, I mean Napoli. It's there. There's. For me. I mean, the, Look at Napoli's that. really he's, good. He's like, I, yeah, they're running. They're yeah, they're running hot. But like, even their expected goals numbers don't suggest that they like. It's not deserved. Like, it's very well deserved what they're what they're doing right now. So, you know, yeah, I mean, you could just be, you know, I mean, just you know, you bet Napoli's team total over in every one of these matches in the Champions League, so you'd probably just retire. So why not just do it again? I guess I don't know. Uh, you know who's pretty hot under the collar right now. Feeling a little pressure doing one of these is uh, Antonio Conte, Tottenham Hotspur. They're still a top group D, two one and one. Marseille and Sporting behind them, two wins, no draws, two losses apiece. And Frankfurt at the foot, one win, one draw, two losses. Spurs minus two twenty five, hosting Sporting, plus five fifty. The draws plus three fifty. These odds, of course, from Bet three sixty five. Spurs lost their only loss in the Champions League came against this sporting side. We kind of nailed that one saying you just don't want to be betting. You don't want to lay Spurs as a favorite when they're playing these kind of teams. And you especially don't want to be laying this kind of wood with Spurs against a team that's going to play a well-organized defensive game and, and force Tottenham on the ball when they're in these 
when they're in weird, weird form, three wins, uh, one draw, three losses for Spurs, their last seven. The wins came against Everton, Frankfurt. That was a 3-2 win uh, and Brighton. So not exactly a murderous row. They've had losses to United and Newcastle, among others. Uh, Arsenal, BJ side, which was a pasting. I think Sporting plus 550, that money line is, is a really good number. Uh, so I'm going to be on him. Anthony, Conte out? No, no, absolutely not. Uh, but, you know, I think, you know, for those who listen to this, I'm from Philadelphia. I'm a Phillies fan. Uh, we just clinched the pennant. We're very excited about it. I have to give somewhere. Like my sports teams are doing really well, the teams I root for. So I have to give somewhere. And I'm giving with Spurs because we stick. And I listened to the, the pod. I wasn't on Wednesday. Was at a concert, of course, as Michael has talked about. The Smashing Pumpkins concert. It it was Noah Kahan. But anyway, that's beside the point. The real point here is that I've said this for months now, and eventually it was going to catch up to Tottenham that they were not playing at the level that they were last year. They've clearly regressed. And I think today, in a way, was a perfect example of that regression. Yes, Tottenham created a few chances in transition, more than I thought they would. Newcastle showed some defensive cracks and maybe Spurs should have gotten one in the first half. But again, their inability to play through pressure, Newcastle was able to create high turnover after high turnover. That's one issue. I don't think that issue matters quite as much here because I expect sporting to be very defensive playing for the playing for the point, but they also have had no answers for breaking down defensive low blocks. And in a way we kind of saw that in the second half, Newcastle sat off a little bit after it was two one Spurs didn't really look like scoring much. And I know there was time wasting and all that jazz, but they didn't look like scoring much. And Tottenham doesn't have enough right now in terms of attacking quality outside of Kane and Song to create for them. Benton Kerr is fine. Hoybjerg didn't play today, but he's fine. Like they're not bad midfielders. They can play a pass, but none of them are aggressive ball forward playing midfielders who are excellent progression numbers, carry the ball elite, you know, and none of them are really chance creators. And Kulisevsky is still out. He's going to be out for a while now. So Rashardson is out. So what is Tottenham doing to create enough to get margin here? I don't know. They struggled in the first match at Sporting. I think they're going to struggle in this one. I know Sporting has had two b- very bizarre results in a row. Goalie getting sent off, donating two goals. They get an early red card to penalty against Marseille. They got embarrassed in those two matches, but I think that Tottenham is still inflated. So I like Lisbon catching a goal in a quarter. I think Tottenham continues to be overvalued. And look, I know about last year. We've talked about this, BJ. Like, they were really good last year. We now have over 10 games of data this year, 15 in all competitions. No, I know. Your team sucks. Tottenham just isn't that good. <laughs> so I think I said it on the podcast. I was like, today, like, against Newcastle, that would confirm uh, essentially of, like, where Tottenham's at. Like, if they came out and put on a good performance against Newcastle, dominant performance like they've done against some of the smaller sides, and it's like, all right, maybe it was just a couple weird performances against United and Arsenal. But, yeah, after today, I, I, I agree with you, Anthony. You were right. All right, now we're going to get some uh, – for the next show, we're going to talk about Arsenal regression, but that's coming. You wish. So. The other game in Group D, Marseille and Frankfurt – uh, Frankfurt at home, they're plus one. Who cares? Marseille plus two ten. The draws plus two forty. Uh, Frankfurt's catching Marseille at a pretty good time. Uh, three losses in a row. PSG, Lens, and Ayaccio, uh, which is the Corsican team in legal, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, do you know who was born in Corsica, BJ? I don't. 
Napoleon. Napoleon. You know, so if he was a soccer fan, he'd probably be rooting for this for uh, Ayaccio or however you would pronounce it. I'm sorry. It's like the Maccabi Haifa. I'm, 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 I think it's a Jaxio. A Jaxio. Okay. Anyways, yeah. Maccabi Haifa, a Jaxio, Frankfurt, Marseille. BJ, uh, you don't have anything on this game, but I'll let you weigh in uh, before we get to Anthony's bet. I just, who cares? Like the, the Frankfurt, they just keep just putting up just weird performances. They did it against Gladbach this weekend. The week before that, they did it against Leverkusen. I think they've scored, what, nine goals uh, combined in those two matches off of three expected. So it's just, I hate both of these teams and I will continue to hate them until the end of time. And I will not be watching one second of it. Maybe over one or over half a red card. I feel like there's just red cards flying. Marseille gets every red card. Yeah, and so does Frankfurt. Yeah, these when these two te- when these two teams are playing, whether it's against each other or anyone else, they're just red cards everywhere. Just penalties uh, and red cards. It's yeah. all these teams ever get. It's so dumb. Anthony, hey, look, yeah. Frankfurt's playing better. You gotta you gotta acknowledge that. I mean, they they pasted. There was of course there was a lot of red cards and penalties involved, but they, they pasted Leverkusen and pasted Gladbach without a penalty or a red card. Uh, so credit to them. Uh, I faded them uh, and I had Glad back on Saturday and it was never competitive. Dominant showing from Frankfurt. Uh, the new striker, uh, Colomane, seems to really be settling in well. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not betting this. I, I'm rooting for a draw. Hopefully uh, Tottenham draws, everybody draws, and we have a truly chaotic final day of this group because right now it's, it's up for grabs. I have a Tottenham future, which in hindsight was dumb, but uh, to win the group. But I, I, I'm passing here. I, you know, you could, you could make the case to me to, for an under, but I, I bet the under the last match these two teams played and it was pretty dead, you know, two overrated attacks playing against one another. Uh, but you look at the Marseille defense and you can poke a lot of holes in it. And so that's the only red flag here uh, for me. Finally, we'll wrap up with group B as we all predicted. Bruges atop the group, three wins, one draw, zero goals allowed. Seven goals scored. Uh, Porto in second right now, 2-0-2. Oh, Atleti, 1-1-2 one, one, on four points. So they're two points adrift of Porto. Uh, Leverkusen sitting at the foot of the table at three. We'll start with the Bruges and Porto match. This is taking place in Belgium. Bruges is a plus 230 home underdog. Porto, plus 115. The draw, plus 240. Simone Mignolet, like I said, Bruges has not allowed a goal yet in this competition, and a lot of it comes down to the former Liverpool goalkeeper having just a spellbinding Champions League saga. He's writing one, at least. You guys are on opposite sides here. I'm sitting out because I'm going to be paying attention and a lot of money on the other match in this group. Anthony, I'll let you go first, because I actually was a little surprised to hear where you're looking. Look, I mean... What's the case for Porto here? And I'm, I'm I want to have BJ go first uh, because I think he's going to he's going to talk about Bruges and disparage them. But like Porto hasn't been much better in this group, and they haven't been that much better in Portugal. They had another flat showing against Benfica last weekend, and a loss uh, at home to Benfica. Uh, I think Porto. I mean, like yeah, the expected goals are the same in XG difference, but Porto's gotten like a hundred penalties and three of their opponents' goals varred off in the last two weeks. So, uh, like, what, what, like, what's the case for Porto beyond priors? That's 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 what I'll say because I don't see it. Uh, the number's not quite there for me to play Bruges, but like, if it got to plus a half at like minus one fifteen, one ten, like I'm gonna bet Bruges at home because they they have 
played inspired ball. They, they, they beat Atleti at home, lost the XG away, got very fortunate in that match for sure. Like Mignolet is playing really well, but this team has played well throughout this tournament, defended the penalty area. Well, blocked a lot of shots. That's what I like to see about with this team. So uh, have they been a little bit fortunate? Of course, like they should have conceded a goal by now, but Porto has not inspired me to the point where I want to lay them as a favorite on the road. Here's the reality, Anthony, is that, <laughs> yes, they had a flat showing against Benefica. That was the only flat showing they've had pretty much across Portugal this season. You go back and look, they completely obliterated a Braga team that was coming in red hot, just obliterated them 4-1. They went and beat Sporting at home, about created them 3-1 on XG. And here's the reality, is that Simon Mignolet is not this good of a goalkeeper. I mean, plus 4.4. I agree. Shot XG plus my, that's insane. Like, there's no way he can keep this up. It's, so the fact that they have essentially conceded 6.4 expected goals and 4.4 of it is just because of Simon Mignolet, like, that's crazy. I mean, even if you go back and, and even watch the highlights from the Porto uh, Bruges match, like right off the bat, Porto had like three straight breakaway attacks and they just couldn't convert anything on them. And for whatever reason, Bruges, just any little mistake that Porto made, they just capitalized on and scored. And the reality is, is I don't think they're that good of a team to be able to continue to do this. You look at what they've done in, in Belgium this season. It's not impressive. Like Simon Mignolet in Belgium, They've allowed 14 goals off of about 20 expected. Like for whatever reason, he is just at the, at over 30 years old has become the best goalkeeper in the world. And I just don't think that's going to happen statistically. I mean, Bruges has taken 14 shots from inside the penalty area and they've scored six of them. Like it's just insanity. It cannot continue. And a lot of this, yes, I agree with you. It has to do with the fact that Bruges has overperformed a ton. You also look at Bruges, like, Kamal Sawa is out with a red card. He scored two of their goals. He's been really threatening an attack and really been one of their main creators. He's out. Kyle Lauren, who's going to back him up, he's also out. So Bruce is just going to sit in. They're probably going to play, sit very deep, and just hope that Simo Minule can put up another crazy performance. And I say it has to stop at some point, Anthony. It has to stop. So give me Porto plus 115. Yeah, I'm, I don't know that we'll get the I'll get the number to play Bruce here, but uh, I think they're going to be, I mean, they're going to be in the knockout round and I cannot wait to see who they play because uh, there's a couple matchups that I'm looking at. I'm thinking, Hmm, here we get I mean, if really they just score good, on every that single first shot at home. and, and Mignolet just score, saves everything, they're going to win the Champions League. This is so stupid. If they they're do never concede a goal, they will win the Champions League. That is yeah, true. They're 101 no, to win the Champions Look, I just League. think that we, so. we based our priors, and I think our priors weren't that far off, right? Like we thought Bruges, we looked at their numbers in Belgium last year. We looked at how they performed in, in, in Europe last year, and we were like, okay, like this team is not going to be able to sustain this. But like they they're, look they're much better, point. and they've, they've overhauled the squad a little bit. And I, I think, uh, you know, they beat Leverkusen. We were like, okay. They got a little fortunate, good defensive performance. We're not big Leverkusen people here anyway. We were like, okay. We were at the time. We, we were at the time. <laughs> we were. That is second true. Remember, and, uh, the, the, and they laughed at us. And place. then they played at Leti, and, and you guys made the case. And I think both of you bet at Leti. Oh, yeah. And when do we not Bruges bet was the better Leti. side in that match. Uh, that's questionable. And then, of course, they got lucky last, last match. Nobody can deny that. But that was a full park the bus effort. They were not trying to score. They were trying to get their point and hoping to hold Look out what forever. Happened. And they did, they got the point. So, you know, look in, in some situations I will be looking to play against Bruges potentially, but the market's not giving them any respect here. One and two Porto hasn't earned market respect for me. They have not performed up to par in this league. They are a couple of our decisions and 18 penalties away from 
being out. So I'm eyeing Bruce here, but we'll see. Well, I don't think I'm gonna get the number. All right. It's time. Uh, by the way, that Bruges Porto game is twelve forty five. So Atleti will kind of have a, a we'll have a good idea of what what they'll need out of this Leverkusen match because they play at three p.m. It's time though. Atleti minus one twenty at home. Our boys, our boy Diego Simeone, back against the wall against Leverkusen. Plus three hundred. The draw is plus two seventy five. You can just picture it, Anthony. You can just picture it right now. Close your eyes. The Wanda Metropolitano is just buzzing. Diego Simeone is wearing his black-on-black suit. Just geeking up this crowd. With his hair plugs. His hair plugs look great. Mm -hmm. He's sweating. Black tie, black shirt, black sport jacket, black slacks, black shoes, black socks, black hat for most people. But not still for a us. betting podcast, right? Not for us. He doesn't wear a black hat for me. And BJ, we love Diego Simeone here. I like the number here too. Leverkusen, minus one five expected goal differential per 90 in the Bundesliga. They've just not impressive. And now they have to go to this cauldron in a must-win spot against a team that when you need to win against Atleti, you're playing right into their hands. You know what's going to happen. Like Atleti's going to absorb and counter and they'll probably be able to pull it off. I think the number's fine, minus 120. I also want to say that Atleti's 101 to win the Champions League, and uh, you know I'll be having a piece of that because they need to win, set up a huge one uh, to close out the, the group stages, the, probably the game of the year across all sports uh, if they get to win on Leverkusen and they play Porto to close it out. I don't see how you can make a case for Leverkusen here. BJ, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm I'm back on Atletico. Of course I am. I mean, they're like we already mentioned, they're very unlucky to not get a result against Bruges. Two point two expected goals created in the match. They created two against Bruges in the the previous match. So that's four expected goals in their last two matches, and they have not scored. They haven't, um, they haven't scored since um, the first week. Yeah, of the, of the, uh, <laughs> um, and listen, I know Anthony's which two of their goals came in stoppage time. By the way, yeah, and they're going to hang tell six. You that, Anthony's going to tell you that they were lucky in the first match that they haven't been that good in La Liga, and that's true. They've gotten a couple lucky results here. Maybe today against Betis was a tad lucky, but here's the reality. Like you mentioned, Michael, I mean, Atletico is a plus two expected goal differential in Spain. Leverkusen's minus two. We can talk all we want about how, how Leverkusen's underperformed. They haven't got the results they deserve, but minus two is minus two. It's it's not good. Xabi Alonso got the new manager bounce. They got the, the big win over Schalke, and then they've just gotten a bunch of weird stuff has happened to them. Like, you know, Anthony mentioned the Porto match. Like, they beat them on expected goals. Porto had, you know, a couple penalties there. You know, the Frankfurt match, there were a bunch of red cards and penalties, and then they were a little bit better uh, against Wolfsburg today, but, you know, 8.2 expected goals allowed in his four matches in charge. And the biggest thing also for Leverkusen is Patrick Schick is out. His backup, Sadar Osman's also out. You look, they have also have a couple backup midfielders injured and it's just an all-in spot here for Atletico. So I'm course I'm on Diego Simeone at minus 120. I actually have them projected at minus 170. So give me Atletico. This opened right around minus 150 and came down. I missed the plus one. I would have bet Leverkusen at plus right. one. I will not That's bet them at plus a half. Look like Atleti's, you know, plus 0.19 XG difference per 90 in Spain. That is not good. Uh, and look, we could talk about Leverkusen too, but like, Atleti's seventh in attacking XG, sixth in defense. They're allowing the 14th most shots in the league. Excuse me, the seventh most shots in the league. They're conceding big scoring chances. Like everything we know about Atleti, if you had changed their name to Sevilla, and you guys would be hammering this team and saying they stink. So 
Uh, yeah, I'm not betting them here. No way, Jose. Do hope that they get that Porto spot, although Porto is going to be a home favorite, and I don't like, I don't want to bet them either. So I'm probably going to not be betting Atleti in this match or the next, but they've been not just bad in the Champions League, but poor. I mean, they have not scored in three of the four matches. They have not scored in the first 90 minutes of any of the matches. What and have we learned point, about this team, Anthony, over the years that this is I'm not play, playing them? This, I told you, they're going to play City enough. in the round of 16 like, again, and they're yeah. going to give them hell. Yeah, and they're going to lose one. And, you, you and then a year from now, Simeone we're going to be talking the about the same thing over and over. Come on just... this podcast next year. And hey, Atletico's 30 to 1 to win the championship. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, I'm going to have to book your guys' bets. I'll book them. <laughs> Only the <laughs> Atleti bets. Instead, uh, of, instead of you know betting them at Bet365, you can. I'll book them and uh, we'll pretend that uh, they're not going to win. So it's just donation to my... To I will, my I'm, Phillies World Series ticket fund. I will have them 100 to 1 uh, by the time it's... Wednesday comes around or, or Tuesday. I mean, all right, uh, let's move to our favorite bets. Uh, wait, actually, before we do that, BJ, you wanted to talk a little bit about your favorite bet in the Europa League. I yeah, assume about, the Europa Conference League. <laughs> yeah, this is a Europa League match. How about a, how about an under in Union Berlin and Braga? And I have to mention, I texted this to Anthony today. I've been sitting on this for a while, and I've known this has been going on, and I haven't said anything because I know the second I said anything that it was going to lose. But um, – both teams have scored no hit nine straight in Union Berlin before their 93rd minute goal today against Bochum. So the streak is sadly over, but this match against Braga, I mean, under two and a half goals is sitting there at minus 120. Uh, the reverse fixture of this was one nothing. There was only 1.6 total expected goals created. So, I mean, minus 120, that's that's awfully cheap. I mean, Union Berlin, nine of their 17 matches this season, they haven't created over one expected goal. The only time they've created over 1.5 expected goals in a match is the one against Dortmund where they just got absolutely gifted where the goalkeeper just fell down. And of course the shot had an XG rating of, I don't know, like what, 0.75 or whatever. So they really... It's truly remarkable what they're doing right now. And Braga, on the other hand, I mean, they had a re- have had a resurgent season in, in Portugal. Like they're sitting in second place right now. They're only allowing 1.1 expected goals per 90. And the biggest thing for the both of these two teams, all four of their Europa League matches, the total XG on them has been under two and a half goals. All four of them for each team. So under two and a half at minus 120, I think is an awfully, awfully cheap price. So I will be on that under. All right, uh, now let's talk about our favorite bets in the Champions League. Anthony, what do you have? RB Leipzig team total over a half in the first half at plus 120. Real Madrid has burned all of us on this podcast many times with their late heroics and their excellent finishing ability. I am taking that out of the equation here because I still have major question marks about Leipzig in defensive transition where they have gotten exposed in this tournament but I do not have questions about how good their attack can be, especially at home. Go back to the first match. These two teams played Leipzig took the first five shots. They created multiple big scoring chances in the first half. They didn't score any of them. Great goalkeeping, some bad finishing, but the intent was there. And Real Madrid has shown some cracks in this tournament, especially against Celtic hitting the post in the first half Celtic nearly scoring. They've kind of lulled their way through first halves of games. We saw it against Shakhtar as well. I think Leipzig Plus money to get on the board early here is a good bet. I like sporting plus 550 on the road, taking on Anthony Spurs. Don't look now, but you know, Spurs, they're at the top of the table in Group D, but it's a little shaky in North London right now. Three, one, and three 
in their last seven matches uh, since the return from the international break. The wins came against Everton, a 3-2 win against Frankfurt and Brighton. Not exactly a murderer's row. And the sporting team looked incredible uh, against Tottenham in their first leg in Portugal. We know what Spurs struggles to do. They struggle to break down teams that will sit back, force Tottenham to create on their own and not play into their counter-attacking style. That's what Sporting will do. They will park the bus at the Tottenham Hotspur uh, Stadium and give themselves every chance to walk out of there with three points and put some serious pressure on Tottenham's chances to get out of the group stage. BJ. Porto, plus 120 on the road at Club Bruges. Club Bruges has scored seven goals off of 5.3 expected. They have not conceded a goal, but have conceded 6.4 expected goals. For whatever reason, Simon Mignolet is the best keeper in the world. He has a plus 4.4 post-shot XG plus minus, which is just insane to even think about. Even in the Belgian Pro League, uh, you know, Bruges has allowed 14 goals off of 19.5 expected. You look at now going into this match, they obviously are in a position where they're going to sit deep Park the bus. They did that against Atletico. They conceded 2.2 expected goals. Even the match you go back to against Porto, where they beat them for nothing. They had a penalty. Then a weird deflection went right to them. They scored the third goal. Ball just for whatever reason, the uh, the attacker whiffed, went to the back post for an easy tap in for the for the other attacker. So this is a situation where the regression monster is finally going to hit this club Bruges team. So I am on Porto plus 120 on the road at Bruges. It's a beautiful way to wrap up another episode of Wonder Goal for BJ Cunningham, for Anthony DeBundo. I'm Michael Leboff. We will see you again Thursday morning after Atleti stomps all over. Let's mm-hmm. <laughs> stop all over. Uh, Leverkusen and Anthony is crying. But until then, best of luck with all your bets. And thank you for listening, rating, reviewing, subscribing. For those of you who left a review, uh, our producer will be in touch with your prize.